and good morning. Happy Easter. Uh, my name is Guy Miller, and I'm coming to you uh, live from my living room. Well, such as the days that we are in. I sure wish that I could be there with you this morning worshiping uh, and enjoying this Easter Sunday, but uh, this is what we have, and so we're going to make the, the most of it. Thank you if you've listened to my previous sermons um, on uh, Palm, Fr Palm Sunday and Good Friday. I really appreciate that. And I hope that these messages are an encouragement to you. Uh, today, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, just the great hope that we have in Christ. And boy, does our world need hope right now with everything that we're going through. And before I begin my message, I wanted to open up in a word of prayer and ask God to uh, just uh, fill, fill wherever you are right now watching this, fill that room with your presence, maybe your home and, you know, a nice cup of Starbucks coffee or something, and uh, you got a donut or something. And hey, if that's how you want to do communion today, I guess that's between you and God. But um, I just want to pray for you where you're at, that God's presence will... Fill the room and fill your heart and change your life today. And if you're watching this video today, if someone gave you this link and you do not have any kind of faith in Christ, I am going to pray that, uh, that you turn to Christ today because he loves you so much. And I pray that you will find the hope that I have and that many people have who are watching this video today. And so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are the God of our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that the Holy Spirit gave life to him that day in, in, uh, in the tomb on that Sunday morning, Easter, so many years ago. You breathed life into him, and that tomb became unoccupied, and that empty tomb now is our hope for a future. And I would just pray that that same resurrection life would fill everybody who's listening to this today, would fill me. Lord, I thank you that your spirit is life. And we know that we are in unprecedented times in our culture, around the world, with what we're going through with this virus. And Lord, I would just pray that you would, you would speak hope to your people today. And I would pray health upon everyone who's listening to this. And I would pray, God, that you would speak peace to our body, mind, and spirit as we are in just such strange times. And even this message, even this way we're having church now, Lord, can be awkward. But Lord, we just invite your presence here, because your presence is still the same, to be with us. I pray you bless all the folks that are listening to this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So... One of the things that I'm looking forward to uh, when I when we get to our next place, I don't really know where we're going to be yet. My wife and I are in transition. And uh, when we get to our next place, I'm hoping that one of the things that I can do is to have a garden. Uh, we past five or six years, we've not lived in a place where we could have a garden. And uh, this is something I'm looking forward to. Now, in the past, we've lived in places where I've been able to uh, have a nice lawn. I'm one of those guys that, you know, the Scots treatment, you know, you do it early spring, uh, early summer, midsummer, late summer, really green grass. I love to mow grass and plant shrubs and to 
um, you know, have nice mulch beds. I'm that kind of guy. I like to have that kind of yard, and I really looked forward to that. It was very relaxing. I like to be outside when our dog was alive, and we had a black lab, and Arwen used to run around while I was doing all this, and we just had great times together, and I loved being outside landscaping, but I never... I never grew a garden, and I, and I don't know why. It was always one of those things where I thought, you know, someday I am going to have a garden. You know, I don't know, maybe flower garden, maybe I'm going to grow vegetables. I don't know, but I was going to have a garden. And I think that the next place I go to, if, if we're blessed to have a, some kind of place to grow a garden, I am going to grow a garden. I'm really looking forward to that, you know, for a lot of reasons. I think it's just, a, it's just a connection with the earth. I like to have my, you know, your hands in the soil, so to speak, and to um, just be down on the ground, and I love that connection. I've always been a bit of a nature boy. Also, I like caring and cultivating for things. Maybe that's just a, one of the reasons why I'm a pastor. I don't know, but I like to care and cultivate things, and if something's not healthy, to try to bring it along and make it healthier, uh, trimming, because trimming is important, right? Amen? Trimming is important. And uh, so I like caring and cultivating for, uh, for my yard and for uh, a garden. I, I would want to do it for that reason. Also, because there's just something wonderful about the process of a seed becoming a plant or a flower. Now, think about it. You know, you take this little seed, whatever it is, and you put it in the ground, and what is that seed? It's just a speck of nothing, just potential. And that seed has to die in order for it to, to give new life. Matter of fact, Paul in the Bible uh, talks about that, about our resurrection life needing to die so that it can take on a new life. But you put that seed in the ground and you put it in the dirt and you water it, you do whatever. And then a lot of times it sits for a long time and you just hope there's this hope and expectation that it's going to become you know a tomato plant or a rose bush or something like that but the whole process of that seed becoming a plant to me is amazing and it brings in a lot of principles of life that I've been thinking about the past few years and one of those principles is the actual theme of this sermon series if you've listened to any of the other ones is that we're talking about building a healthy relationship with God based on long-term satisfaction and not instant gratification. And that is what gardening is all about. You don't put a seed in the ground and 10 minutes later or the next day it's grown, right? It's a long-term commitment and you have to have hope that something is actually going to come out of that. Gardening is an exercise of hope because there's a lot of uncertainty involved. And there could even be a lot of adversity involved. But we all face uncertain times, don't we? We all face adversity in life, don't we? But we can't stop. We have to make decisions in the face of it. In the face of uncertainty and in the face of adversity, much like growing a garden, we have to face this. And, wow, aren't we all going through this right now with uh, the worldwide pandemic that we're going through? We are making decisions for, out of uncertainty and adversity. So many decisions. We're making personal health decisions. 
we are making financial decisions. This, this pandemic has affected so many areas of our lives. We are making decisions in adversity and uncertainty. And we are making social decisions. We know all about mandates to, to social distance. And uh, I know we're, we're all keeping that here, but this is why we're doing church like this. I'm coming to you live from my living room in Salem, Massachusetts. But we're making these decisions and we're all uncertain. Am I going to get it? When's this going to end? What's life going to be like when we're done with this? And most importantly of all, can I get any toilet paper? I mean, these are real concerns this time of life, you know. But all joking aside, this has really put, um, uh, we're really in uh, just strange times for all of this. And, and how are we going to respond? But not just this current COVID crisis is, is uh, an example of making decisions and uncertainty. It, think about this. Something I was just thinking of this morning, that even marriage itself, and oh, I wish you could, I can't wait for you to meet my wife hopefully someday and we can come up there and actually minister to you guys face to face. But if you think about a marriage, you meet somebody, you fall in love, and for Tana and I, we were one of those couples, you know, just, it was love at first sight, it really was. We knew uh, almost right away when we met and started dating that we were going to get married but even when you're in love and you're and and you and you know you want to spend the rest of your life with this person, there you're making you're making a promise with a lot of uncertainty. You don't know, you don't really know that person, do you, until you actually start living with them and, and being married to them. There's a lot of uncertainty, but there's also hope there, and there's also a promise there. So much of our life, we have to make decisions in the face of uncertainty and adversity. And sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, even as Christ followers, there's fear. We're afraid of uncertainty. We're afraid of the adversity. So my question to you today is, what do you have to lean on in times of uncertainty and adversity? Well, I have good news for you today, and I hope you're ready to hear it. Hope, hope is a seed sown in uncertainty, and it is a promise that grows best in adversity. Hope is a seed sown in uncertainty. And this is a beautiful segue to, of course, what we're all about here on Easter Sunday, and that is the resurrection of Christ. Of course, Easter is the day that we celebrate that Christ has risen from the dead. There was that hope, but there was a lot of uncertainty. If I can kind of bring your minds, if you're familiar with the gospel story, Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, and, and John, they, they tell a lot about this event of, of the resurrection and the days leading up to it. And one thing all the gospel writers make very clear that in the minds of the disciples, there was a lot of uncertainty and there was a lot of adversity. Jesus said so many times, hey guys, you know, they're walking around one day and, you know, they were going to their favorite coffee shop to have a cappuccino or something. And Jesus would say things like, hey, guess what, guys? You know, I'm going to be handed over to, to the authorities and, and they're going to kill me. But three days later, I'm going to rise again. And this has to happen. This is what God, this is God's will and God's plan. 
And he said that many times. But even in the actual event, when it happened, after Jesus had died, we, we get pictures, we get little snippets of the disciples. And listen, let me tell you, there was uncertainty there. There was adversity there. Even though Jesus had, even though Jesus had said, this is what's going to happen, we can by no means be, 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 uh, have the opinion that the disciples were just sitting at home going, I know he's going to rise from the dead. I know it, I know it, I know it. They were uncertain. They didn't know what to do. But of course, there was that Sunday morning when the, the tomb that had an occupant became an unoccupied, empty tomb. And at that moment when Jesus walked out of the tombs, friends, I want to tell you, everything changed. Everything changed, and everything can change for your life today, too. Well, hope is a seed sown in uncertainty, and certainly the resurrection was a seed sown in uncertainty. As Jesus was dying on the cross, as he was brutally killed, there was a lot of uncertainty. To look at the dying Christ and to see how he was crucified and stabbed and beaten and punched and taken away and put it putting in the ground friends that was a seed sown in adversity and uncertainty but this is where God does his best work amen amen so we don't have to be afraid of uncertainty and adversity this is the great message of of the resurrection in the Gospels. Now, I'm actually not going to read from the Gospels today. I'm going to continue, like I've done with my other sermons in this series, to read from the Psalms. But I would encourage you sometime today to, to read, to take one or all the Gospels and certainly read about the Passion Week of Christ. Now, again, as I mentioned in the introductory video, we talk about the Passion of Christ. Certainly, we're not talking about how we might use passion in today's world, the most common way is like, you know, a romantic passion. Certainly we're not talking about that. But there is a there is an understanding of the word passion, which means the degree of difficulty that one is willing to endure in order to get, to get to the goal. That is the passion of Christ. And he endured such great difficulty. And we can read about that in the Gospels. But I'm going to read to you from some of the Psalms today as we talk about the good news that we can lean on hope because hope is a seed sown in uncertainty and it is a promise that grows best in adversity. And so I want to turn first to Psalm chapter 16. If you want to turn there with me, you can. Uh, this is the great thing about watching this today, this morning. You can press pause right now and go, go warm up your cup of coffee and grab your Bible and come back and... I'll still be here. I am going to read Psalm chapter 16, verses 5 through 11, and you can follow along with me. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my life. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. 
nor let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life. And in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, of course, I have no way of knowing this for certain, that Jesus would be thinking of Psalm 16, maybe as he was going through the Passion Week. But as I mentioned in earlier, earlier sermons, there is no doubt that Jesus was a man who was familiar and knew these psalms by heart. You might say, well, of course, Pastor Guy, uh, he was God. He wrote it. Of course he knew it. Well, yes, that's true. He is the living word. But as he came as a man, he had to learn. And he himself, it's not like he, you think he went through his whole life and never, and I know he didn't have a Bible like we do, but do you think Jesus never opened the Bible? Of course he did. He read and he memorized. And I just have to believe that at some point, at some point going through the, his, his, his Passion Week, that he was thinking of Psalm chapter 16, when the psalmist said, you will not abandon my soul to hell. And you will not let your Holy One see corruption. Now see, here's something that's very important, is that in the Old Testament, when the psalmist wrote this, they didn't have a developed theology of resurrection like we did. We, as New Testament believers here in the year 2020, we look back and we read the Bible and we think, okay, you know, part of being, what it means to be born again is I know that I'm going to be raised from the dead and I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to live forever with God because the Bible tells me so. So much of the New Testament teaches that. Well, of course, the psalmist didn't have that to go on. But I have to believe that the psalmist here, like so many of the psalms, is really anticipating this truth and power of the resurrection. And as Jesus, would, as these words would have came, come to his mind during his, during his anguish, I believe that he knew that there was the hope and the promise of resurrection. I also want to read to you this morning from Psalm chapter 89, beginning in verse 13. You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, high, high your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are the people who know the festal shouts, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exalt in your name all day and in your righteousness. You are exalted, for you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord and our King to the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said, I have granted help to the one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David my servant with my holy oil and I have anointed him so that, so that my hand shall be established with him and my arm shall also strengthen him. The enemy shall not, shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not stumble. And that verse right there reminds me of when Paul wrote in Corinthians that, that the, about the enemy not outwitting David. Well, Paul said, you know, if, if, if Satan had understood what was going on, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He thought he was killing God. But, of course, Jesus could not be outwitted. 
I will crush his foes before him and strike him, strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my fast, steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers, and he shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn. The highest of the kings of all the earth, my steadfast love, I will keep him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. And I will establish his offspring forever, and his throne as the days of the heavens. Again, this psalm just speaks so powerfully to the truth of, of in the moment, uh, in adversity, there was a promise in a moment of uncertainty, there was a promise that God would be with his king. Now that was indeed spoken to King David and to the kings of Israel who were, who were God's anointed. But as so many of the Psalms do, as all the Psalms do, they point to the Christ and they say, Christ, you are our king and God will not abandon you. And I believe that Jesus had these verses in his heart and in his mind as he was going through his Passion Week. And as I've been reading the Psalms, there's, there's a truth that has really been finding a home in me. And that is the fact that hope has informed everything that the psalmist believed. Now, does hope inform your decisions today? Here on this Easter Sunday this morning, you're listening to me by, uh, by video. And again, thank you so much for listening. And my question for you is, does hope inform your decisions? The decisions that we make now might not bear fruit until later. And this is like gardening. We make decisions now that don't bear fruit until later. We make decisions now in circumstances that may not be ideal. Often, we make decisions and we just don't really, we can't see the end of it. We're humans. And this is why we rely on God. But friends, I want to tell you today that this is exactly where hope can come in and make a difference. A real and tangible difference in how you experience life. Hope is not just something out there that we can't get our hands on. Hope is something very real that we can get our hands on. And maybe... Maybe now is your winter season. And like I said, I don't have a lot of familiarity with gardening, with planting, but I know that sometimes you have to plant seeds and they have to lay dormant all winter long. And maybe now is your winter season. Maybe your seed is underground and the ground is, seems frozen and it's under snow. Well, thank God we don't have any snow on the ground. Well, at least we don't here in Salem. Thank God there's no snow, but maybe your seed just feels like it is in its winter season underground and there's no life, there's nothing happening, it seems frozen. Well, friends, here's the great Easter message for you today. Saturday is not Sunday. And today may be your Saturday. Today may be your season where your seed is underground and nothing's going to happen. Like Christ was in the tomb, it was sealed and he was locked away, friends. He was dead. 
and the disciples were wondering what was going on. Their hopes and dreams, everything now just was up in the air. And maybe that's where you're at. Maybe your hopes and dreams just feel like they're in the tomb. Maybe they feel like they're underground and you've made decisions and it just feels like nothing's happening. Today's your Saturday. But I want to tell you that Saturday, that, that Saturdays are not Sundays. You know what God's word for you on Saturdays are? It's a word you're not going to like maybe. But on Saturday, and we all go through Saturdays, God's word for you is to wait. Nothing happened on Saturday. Did you ever think about that? There was the crucifixion. There was the resurrection. But on Saturday, nothing happened. And God's word for Saturdays is to wait. If you have time today, I'm not going to read it now, but read through Psalm chapter 130. Such a powerful expression of of even though things don't seem like they're going my way, I'm going to hope in my God. And today, maybe your God's word for you today is to wait. It's your Saturday. But the thing is, the key to this is, as a Christ follower, is to let your waiting be hoping. See, we're not called just to wait around and do nothing and or be lazy or to forget the promises that God has made. We're not called I know we have to isolate now, but we're not called just to escape and to run away from our problems. That's not what hope does. That's not what hope is. So God's word to you today, maybe on you're in a Saturday season and God is saying wait. But not just wait, but to hope. Imagine if we could all grow a garden of hope. Imagine what that would look like if we could all grow a garden of resurrection hope. In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of this virus, you can spread hope. And we're praying that this virus stops spreading, but I'm going to go ahead and pray that a whole pandemic of hope is spread by God's people into this world. Hope, you see, is a vision of a future worth living for. And a lot of people don't have that hope. And on this glorious Easter Sunday, when our King of Kings and Lord of Lords walked out of that tomb, I want to tell you, he gave us a vision of a life worth living for. Hope is a sermon without words. And I encourage you today to go ahead and preach it. And hope is a garden that can grow. And I encourage you today to go ahead and grow it. And may God richly bless you on this Easter Sunday. And I'm going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, just take this word now and let it grow in our hearts. And we thank you for the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And I pray that even through this video right now, that your Holy Spirit would use these words to bless and anoint and give life and let hope grow in the life of everyone who hears this message. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Happy Easter, everybody.